Greetings, this is Richard, your announcer. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. Year 4 brings us again to our focus on growing biblical, dynamic, sincere, soul-satisfying prayer life. True communion with God, our Savior, is the essence of eternal life. Community is developed through consistent interaction with each other. Join Fred then as we explore our interaction with Holy God through the Bible and prayer. And now, as always, here's your host, Fred. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. My name is Fred, and hosting this podcast, you know, is a calling for me and a mercy from God. And each week I do pray, and prayerfully my joy comes through the episodes. Sometimes one of the things that I am sure comes through is my weaknesses. And that's actually a good thing, I think. In the big picture, that's a good thing. And I also glory in that because I wanted this to be of God and not of me. So when he works through his weak servants, he gets the glory. And we know that even from the life of Paul. And sometimes you may have said to yourself over the last three years, Fred, some of the things I hear you say are a bit odd, but this is even more of an odd way to begin this episode. And you're right again, this is kind of an odd way, but I began it this way for a reason, because right now I'm a little red-faced, and we've talked about Matthew 7, 7 through 12, and I have given you before three main teachings that I have heard over the year. One, just for fervency and continuance of prayer. Two, was that this is a prayer for salvation. And then three, that, again, 7 through 11 are illustrations of verse 12. And I have mentioned that several times, but as I looked into this again, and I started to do some serious research on whether this passage is taught, is teaching that we seek, pray, or pray, seek, and knock, we ask, seek, and knock for salvation, I actually could not find any major teachings of anybody who taught that this was the right interpretation of this passage. And so perhaps what I've heard in the past, and I need to rephrase this for you all, isn't so much that somebody was teaching that's the meaning of this passage, but that their main emphasis was salvation, and we need to be seeking God that way in salvation. And so I know I've heard it, and it had to be, at least in the way I've been able to do my research this time, is that they were probably speaking from application's sake, and I misunderstood what they were saying. So I'm remembering uh, sermons from long past, from vaguely remembered pastors. To be quite frank, I don't even remember who they were. But it still fits, and this is why this will be shorter than the other ones. It still fits, though, in our exercise as we're following through this passage is praying with importunity for salvation a biblical thing? In the context, in a broad question, we might ask, is it biblical to ask, seek, and knock for salvation? And again, that's a good question. Now, as you read through the history of Christianity, you will read 
many instances of people praying earnestly, praying for a long period of time, praying consistently and with passion over the condition of their souls. So is that a good thing? Is that not biblical? And you might get other perspectives, but let's take a look. One of the most classic examples of somebody who did this is Martin Luther. Yep, the guy who nailed the 95 Thesis on the Wittenberg door. I don't know how much you know about him, but he would confess his sins for hours at a time. He would wear out his priest confessor. He flogged himself mercilessly. We have mentioned this before. He was trying to do enough penance to be assured of his salvation. He wept before God, wondering what a cruel God would need such penance as flogging themselves or confession for hours. And he would weep and cry and call out to God. He wanted the the assurance of his salvation. And his faith by works from the Catholic Church was not giving him that. And then finally, through Romans, he understood that salvation is through faith alone in Christ alone. And there are some more alones in there. You may have also read of many stories from the Great Awakening here in Great Awakenings. There were two of them in North America. As the gospel spread through the American West, there are also stories of people who wept and cried and prayed and prayed as the traveling evangelists went through that they would have salvation. Even in the last century, you can read about the itinerant preachers, the evangelists that we know, and some of the experiences there the people who listened to them had. So it is a very common experience for people to pray and pray for salvation until they find that assurance. We also know from our last lesson here, Jesus Teaches Prayer, that fervent and consistent prayer, even prayer to the point of annoyance, is biblical. We are supposed to do that. It's commanded by Jesus himself in this passage in Matthew. The process of salvation is mysterious to us. We know some of the elements, but it's still mysterious to us. And in our own experience, we may have gone through a long and drawn-out process, or for some of us, it may seem miraculously instantaneous. And I think I've told you before about my son-in-law's grandfather going into a church, sitting down to get his wife out of there, and coming out saved. He can barely explain that himself. So again, you may have experienced a long drawn-out ordeal or an instantaneous conversion. And on top of that, no matter what you believe the Bible teaches about that process of salvation, the true workings of God as he raises us up from the dead, spiritual death, to spiritual life, and puts a new inner man, takes out our stony heart, and puts in a heart of flesh, that's mysterious to us. And that process is certainly hidden in the secret counsels of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So while we leave the miracle of salvation to the mind and purpose of God himself, I would encourage you, if he is calling you right now, if you hear that pull from God to believe in Christ, what he's done for you, and find salvation and rest in him, it is no sin or a bad idea to pray with passion 
from a sincere heart and pray over and over again until you are assured of your salvation. That is not a bad application of this passage at all, being steadfast. And it's no sin or lack of faith to ask, seek, and knock for salvation, or again, at least the the assurance of your salvation. I have mentioned a couple times, in a little more detail than I'm going to today, that I began to go to church as a promise to God, a God I didn't believe in or even truly think existed. But I asked for the life of my cousin. His life was saved, so I followed through on that promise, knowing nothing of the Christian faith or even being overly conscious of my own sin, except through my conscience that God has given us. And after months of attending and listening to a wonderful preacher teach the Word of God, I found myself in the pew praying for salvation for several weeks in a row. And I don't know if, again, I don't know, I've said this before, I don't know if the pastor noticed that from me or if it was just part of his message that week. But he said, if you have prayed for salvation, you don't need to keep praying over and over again. If you believe the Word of God, it's now time to turn and start praying for spiritual growth in the Christian life. So applying prayer and asking and seeking and knocking for salvation is actually one of the most natural responses to the miracle of salvation. Read the life of David. Read some of the questions Paul got through the epistles, and you will know that calling out to God in our times of doubt is a natural thing. I hope I didn't say Matthew 5. This prayer is in Matthew, or this passage is in Matthew 7, 7 through 12. And we'll end this way. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it shall be opened. That's 7 through 8. Heavenly Father, you are our Father in heaven. You are our good Father who is in heaven. You know how to give good gifts. And and as we ask for those things, we come to you for loaves and fishes, the things that are good and the things that are needful. We know you are going to supply those things. Our faith assures us that even we, being evil, know how to give good gifts to those we love, our children especially. So I would just pray, Lord Jesus, that your people or the people you are calling will not shrink back from praying for the assurance of their salvation, from asking, seeking, and knocking until in your providence you give them that full trust and work in, and work in them not only your salvation, but their growth through everything that we don't understand, that they don't understand, Lord Jesus, that I don't understand. We give you the glory and we commit this to you in everything that we need, in everything that tears at our hearts, Lord Jesus. We would pray that you would teach us to ask and to seek and to knock until we find your answers. Lord Jesus, answer us quickly. Teach us to pray. Teach us that sweet communion with you even as we ask, seek, and knock. Again, we commit this time to you, Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you once again for listening, 
And may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Thank you for listening. Before we go, Fred asked me the other day how long I'd known him. The answer, of course, is plenty long indeed. I have known Fred long enough to know when he mentions he's looking forward to hearing from you, he sincerely means it. This is why we now have three ways to contact us. Our website, www.frponprayer.com. Here, you can leave contact information and comments, or you can leave a review. We also have our email connection, freerangeprayer at gmail.com. No, wait, that's supposed to be three ways to express yourself. Fred wrote this, and he's told me before, he is not very good at math. Hmm. So let's add number three, shall we? For any voiceover needs or just comments on our openings and closings, you can contact me, Richard Durrington, at durringtonr at gmail.com. There, now we have the three Fred spoke of. Remember to visit the other two, though, www.frponprayer.com or write to us at freerangeprayer at gmail.com. And feel free to correct Fred's use of language. Honestly, though, everything helps us to make sure we are helping you to your desired prayer life. <laughs>